0: Right now, three, four. What? Squeaky fuck chair. Fuck you, Rob. Don't Squeaky count chair. with me. Don't count with me. <laughs> Just watch me, okay?
1: It threw me off completely. What the fuck is he doing? I thought I was a conductor in okay. an orchestra there for a minute. Three, four.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds from the Seventies with Gary and Rob, coming to you from the place cockroaches stay when they come from out of town. Winchester Building in the downtown metropolis area. Now before we start, I'm going I'm going off script already, and I'm you going have to have a say passing to, thought. I'm going to say that oh, what I wanted to say was when I was driving here today to do you the show at the Winchester Building, hit a homeless person. Uh, what happened was something was, came on the radio. I, yeah, something came on the radio, and it was the public radio station. And it rocked so, your world. So it was it, it was starting the. Cl- oh, would you shut the fuck up?
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll let you tell the story.
0: So they they had this uh the classical thing was starting as I was midway to being here, and the guy said, "Okay, what well, were I don't see? It's not funny now." <laughs> because you interrupted it, it's not funny <laughs> enough but i just loved how the guy said and he was naming some of the pieces that he was going to play in the next series of songs and he said "And this next song that we're going to play is called El <laughs> which was translate and he had this high voice which translates into the road. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, because that's exactly down. what he did. He was using his high voice, and then all of a sudden he goes, and that translates into
1: the road. <laughs> you know, when you're on public radio, you can pretty much do whatever <laughs> yeah, you want. You There's yeah. no consequence.
0: Also, I know we should say that we're almost had a complete catastrophe for show tonight because i'm still having troubles with the cloud on my computer
1: (laughs) not the cloud on the internet the cloud
0: on no the cloud an actual cloud on my computer which comes and goes and it's really weird and the guy did not fix it on the weekend this last weekend so no, it wasn't last weekend. It was the weekend, weekend before that. Before, yeah, yeah. Weekend. So I called him today and I said, you know what? If I bring it in today, can you have it for the weekend? And he says, well, why don't you bring it in today and you can have it after the weekend because that'll be fixed for sure. <laughs> and I said, no, you can't have it for like five days or whatever. <laughs> so I said to him, well, how about if I bring it in Friday afternoon and I pick it up Monday afternoon because I need it. I need it to work. I need it. And uh, he goes. That sounds good. So um, we do have, I was expecting not to have a computer and not to use our script tonight, which I know 100% would have turned into disaster. But uh, we do have my computer. My script is here, even though I've gone off the script already for like two minutes. But we got one. We got it. It's going to be a killer show. I call this the Killer Joe show. (laughs) Okay. For some reason, I'm calling this. Killer uh, Joe. Kill
1: Joe. What a boxer he was. <laughs> Back in the 1930s.
0: Okay, today we are really happy to start a new three-episode series on progressive rock in Canada in the 1970s. Now I know a lot of you people, should I call them people or miscreants? <laughs> <We'll
1: laughs> I'm going with people for now. <laughs>
0: I a lot of you people out there are saying, but there wasn't much... Prague rock man back coming out of Canada back then well actually you're right (laughs) it wasn't but the amount of music that did come from Canada was infinitely superior than all the bands from the United States I can (laughs) tell tell you for sure
1: not from England or most of Europe
0: (laughs) but not from Europe but it was actually very good but there weren't very many bands Um, in fact uh we could only come up with three. <laughs> uh, you, were, you,
1: you were mentioning, and uh, I'm probably uh, taking away from your script here, but uh, yeah, you, you, we were talking the other week. You
0: can you can interrupt any time as long as it's not in the middle of one-way of stories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. Damn you. I don't know when your stories begin and end. But you mm. were saying uh, the last time we talked that uh, there was a fair bit more uh, French progressive. Rock. Yes.
0: In fact, what I found out was there was a fourth band we could have had on. Uh, They actually um, had one of the, was voted one of the best albums, one of the best prog rock albums in Rolling Stone of all time. It's a band called Harmonium from Quebec. Now the problem with that is we just don't really get all that excited about
1: music that's not in English. Yeah, you need translated lyrics. So.
0: You need translated lyrics and we actually should have had it on the show and maybe we will put it on the show at, at some point. It's really a big mistake, but we don't like to have four episode shows because people do get tired of of the theme by the by the time of the fourth week.
1: Yeah, three gives a nice uh, encapsulation of what's going on.
0: But we 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 do consider it and Quebec was huge in in progressive rock. Uh it's just that none of any other part of Canada gave us shit because it was solid. in French. And trust me, in Canada, Quebec, and the rest of especially Western Canada, they're like two different countries because <laughs> they really don't care for each other.
1: So We hate each other like the plague and we hope it stays that way. That was an old song. Well oh, I don't know that.
0: So, um...
1: Of course, I wasn't listening. It's from 1903.
0: I wasn't listening. The first band, the first band we will be spotlighting is Toronto, Ontario band FM, and their 1977 album Black Noise. And no, the band is not black, but the noise is. <laughs> Get it, Rob? Yeah, the noise is black. <laughs> noise doesn't have color. <laughs> That's right. Music yeah. does not have color, as as Doctor John Fever rightly says. Also this week, this is unfortunate, Rob, we had to push Bora Bora's piece that he wrote for us into a future show because I found a better segment to do, better, and also I uh, like to aggravate him as much as I can <laughs> <laughs> by always pushing his his segments into uh, other, into the future.
1: We'll get to you, Bora Bora, right, <laughs> after, right after
0: Foster Brooks. For those <laughs> That's a fly. For those for those who who don't know who Bora Bora is, he's our French correspondent from Paris, and he's an ass. And speaking of being an ass, our producer, Uptown Mike, is not here again for this week's show. But he has, and listen to this, Rob, because this is this is touching. This concerns he me. He has promised us that he will consider showing up for next week's episode and you know what rob and i really couldn't care
1: (laughs) (laughs) like i'm gonna break out the chips and dip
0: (laughs) (laughs) the show runs smoother actually when he's not here and it's uh he's just a pain but you know what i was just thinking the other day that now it's time for odds and ends last Last time time is is not not found again again.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that was kind of good
0: and kind of bad at the same time. It's very odd that you get both of them. Uh, and this week we have oh, this is very exciting news for us personally. As uh, we are, ve- me and Rob are very much on track to start our YouTube show in January. Uh, we just have some minor and not so minor details to work out, <laughs> but we know we know one thing for sure: it's going to be a good show. And it's any anything that we're a part of, Rob. You know it's going to be good. Yeah, we um, just, words
1: can't describe it. You know what? Literally,
0: I tried to put, <laughs> I tried to put words to describe the show, and I couldn't come up with one.
1: No. Mm-hmm. People are going to ask us, what's it about? And uh, we'll just stare at them. Stupid. just, <laughs> until they walk away.
0: What do you mean? Uh, now, we can't reveal the title of the show or anything else about it yet, but we will when we are closer to putting it up on YouTube. We don't, see, we don't want our ideas or show title to be stolen
1: by yeah, what I a, call, again, miscreants. This is, this one's a gooder.
0: And this one is a gooder and uh, we will be keeping those things secret for a while we, we we can tell you that it will not as was originally planned be an offshoot of sounds from the 70s we will have sounds from the 70s every week but this will be different but in the same vein you'll you'll understand later on when we get closer <laughs> to the day. but it will not you, you... it will not be uh, reviewing of records or anything like that, but it will be worth watching because you can see me and Rob actually on the screen and what we look <laughs> like and and how Rob gets mistaken for uh, an unreformed uh, pedophile. It can happen.
1: It can happen to, well, me mostly. <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, today, we're kind of cruising here, or are we? Let me check the clock. I know we check the clock all the time, but but Mike's supposed
1: to do that, and he never does. No, we're we're going really fast, and time is uh, going slow.
0: Time time seems to go slow for me. I know people say that time doesn't move, and yes, I am I am going off track a little bit, but I feel that time occasionally stops.
1: Now, is that just me being crazy? Because sometimes I am. Or no, is that true. It's true. It means you've hit the event horizon in a black hole. Oh, I like... There's the uh, event horizon. <laughs> the event horizon. <laughs> <laughs> we should
0: if, if that was a 70s movie, we could talk about it right now. We can't. Oh, I'd love to. But uh, it's cool. It's
1: cool. It's one of those uh, sets of words where if you hear it and you don't know what it means, you attach your own meaning to it.
0: Exactly. Like, like uh, chimpanzee co-host. Anyways, today... Oh, I should have told you this, Rob, but I forgot. So get ready. Are you ready? I'm braced. Today, we have another segment of... Wait a minute. Hold on. I messed that up. Today, we have another segment of...
1: Baba, don't take no mess.
0: We okay, we're going to edit this out. Forget. Forget.
1: <laughs> forget.
0: Today, we have another segment of... Papa don't take no mess. Yes. And I know that we just had another segment just a few weeks ago of... Papa don't take no mess. <laughs> uh, but I read something last week that intrigued me. That's why we had to push more boards segment to, to some other week oh yeah yeah because I really like this article that I read and I wanted to give my opinion on it. Now as you all know on this segment
1: Baba don't take no
0: mess I view my opinion and when I view my opinion on this it stands as the gospel and anybody who disagrees can go straight to hell. Anyways <laughs> They will. Yeah. They will. Anyways, the article was was which I will talk about in a second was about the total elimination of fadeouts in songs that is happening. What do you mean today? elimination of fade outs I just told you. <laughs> do you mean the I ending, will get to that? I they're... will get to that. And I will tell you the whole history of it and how, you know, how people are are not even noticing that they are being phased out. Now, if you give me a second, uh, I will. Uh, I, I want to get my thoughts together on this one. Because it's, it's, it's a difficult subject. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I got my thoughts together. I, I just had to think. Okay. Now, one of the most underappreciated things in music is the fade-out. Some of you people may not even know what the fade-out is. <laughs> uh, but uh, it has been uh, the... The decline of the fade-out has been long and gradual and barely noticed, unfortunately. But if you... I haven't even noticed it. I swear to God, when I... I'm still not noticing it. I don't know what that means. The the fade-out... Sometimes I just don't... I I never ask him what he means because then I get more confused. The fade-out, the technique of ending a song with a slow decrease
1: in volume... Over okay, two seconds.
0: You didn't even know that? We've been musicians since we were kids, and you didn't know what a fade out was? A
1: fade out can mean many different things. It's yeah. like Event Horizon. I like that. Event
0: Horizon means many things to many people. Um, Sorry, I had to have water after all <laughs> that speaking, after all getting mad about trying to describe what a fade out was. The technique of ending a song with a slow D de- I have a lot to go through here, Rob, so don't interrupt me too much. The te- of ending with a slow decrease in volume over its last few seconds became common in the 1950s and was prominent for over three decades. Now, of course, the pre-recorded music, the music that was done before that. Was almost there was no real fade outs because, first of all, technology and second of all, songs just ended. Like, you know, the Frank songs. yeah, the engineer
1: uh, for recordings in the the 20s, 30s, and 40s he pressed the record button and then the stop button.
0: Yeah, he didn't didn't have a,
1: I mean, even though he had a volume knob, you weren't going to use it for something like that. And I
0: think some of the engineers were just playing monkeys, I think they were actual monkeys, so they didn't know how
1: they might have been in the 1930s, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> in
0: the 1930s by the way 1930s are called the monkey age
1: by the 1950s some of them would become astronauts
0: <laughs> <laughs> among the, uh, the year end top 10 songs for 1985 there was not one cold ending in any of them a cold ending is when it actually stops
1: when they have an actual planned ending
0: Yes. so there was not actually any songs in the top 10 at the year end in 1985, that actually had any song that they were all uh fade outs, all of them. Now it's the fade out has been on the downturn since the since the 90s. And the f- past few years, especially since the millennium has started, have been particularly unkind to the fade out. Um the year-end top 10 lists for 2011, 2012, and 2013 yield a total. Of one fade-out. <laughs> one fade-out in
1: four years. Probably uh, one of the older engineers. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, the one fade-out that there was, was the, uh, for Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, which was purposely oh, a retro song. was
1: kind of a nostalgic It thing. was a nostalgic song, <laughs> so they did that on purpose. This is what they used to do back before you was born. you
0: kids so it's. I found this this article interesting because I knew nothing about the history of fade outs or anything like that Rob didn't even know what a fade out was
1: Uh, Uh, I knew what it was I just uh, didn't know in context what you were now
0: it's actually an art form it really is some people use it as a crutch and some people use it as a really innovative technique in studio recording now composer Gustav Holst I want to say that again because I liked it. Composer Gustav Holst understood the power of the fade out and employed one of the first at a 1918 concert. See, he had a he had a section called the Neptune section of his uh, composition, The Planets, and Holst had the women's choir sing in a room. Off- this is so cool. He sat had them sing in a room off stage, toward the end. He instructed the door should be closed, closed very slowly. slowly. Oh, that's cool. And he and what this gave was, since Neptune was thought at the time to be the most distant the most, planet yeah, no in the solar system, he wanted to project a far away, distant sound in his compass. I think that's such a cool story. <laughs> and so he made a, a, a live fade out in concert which I, th- I think is just, wow. I, I it, It's, you know, very innovative and very smart, and it's meant for a purpose, you know, to, to show how far away it is, to get you that feeling of a faraway
1: planet. I'll bet you they had the lights dimming at the same time. I don't think they had lights back then. They played in the dark. Oh, damn. Yeah.
0: They didn't actually have lights until the 1940s. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) Some of the stuff you should listen to what was in, some of the stuff you have to ignore. (laughs) And if you can know the difference, then bully for you. Um, uh, Really, the advances in technology played a big part in the rise of the fade-out. As Rob was saying, electrical recording engineering emerged in the 1920s. Allowing studio engineers to increase the volume of the amplification and decrease it. Still, fade-outs you know how it actually started? The fade-out actually started by
1: like radio disc jockeys fading out of one fading song out and of fading one into song, another one. And then the, or starting another one.
0: And then either the engineers of the recordings or the record companies or whatever thought, you know what? Why don't we do that for our
1: recordings? If it's they're movie, gonna do movie. it anyway yeah this will save them the trouble exactly
0: and they would do it like when it's like two two o'clock of the newscast is coming and the song is like at a minute 58 and you go oh we're going into the newscast so they'd oh just yeah because it it's
1: gonna go right on the yeah. hour so it that's really in time for the news
0: exactly that's really how it started and that's so they used all these and then as it became used, in, and really it became used in popular music, it started to become an art form in itself. Not too much in the 50s, but in the 60s, they, you know, in the studio, they were experimenting with everything. <laughs> you know, every way of recording. They were high. Now, classical music, of course, uh, never used it, because classical music has to have an ending. Jazz did not really use fade out. I, no, I don't even know one jazz song that has a fade-out because jazz music is, is always played live in the studio.
1: Yeah, it's not... Um, they don't go and play in playing jazz with the intention uh, we're going to get on the radio with this one. No, Yeah, yeah they're, not, <laughs> they're not
0: radio-friendly songs and never have been. No, and, fact, the, yeah.
1: Yeah, and the early songs, you know, the, the, before there were fade-outs, uh, they had to have endings for the songs because that's how they played them on stage. Exactly. So
0: classical and jazz were two forms of music that almost never used if ever used the fade out, but pop music jumped on it and took it as a way of expressing music. Now the Beatles are the best examples of this. Uh, there are so many songs. Uh, who can forget the like the the finale of Hey Jude? Oh yeah, yeah. And Hey Jude went on and on. Now if you ended Hey Jude with hey, a Jude. cold ending you know how less of a of a of a emotion that would be it would be like i would say at least half but the fact that the song went on and on and then faded out gave you the feeling that it was continuing that it was continuing and it never ended even without we your will presence. get to that i will get to that in a moment about the psychological aspect of it but i'm telling you yes. and you people know that hey jude with a fade out is just by having the fade-out is almost, you know, almost makes you feel really good for some reason. Um, just because you feel, you don't think about it uh, in your, your frontal part of your mind, but your subconscious is going like, wow, this goes on forever, these people singing this, you know, great it's chorus. It's like they're
1: traveling from town to town, <laughs> and now they're leaving and heading to the next town, still singing this song.
0: It really does, yeah, <laughs> it really does. And of course, we have other examples like *Helter Skelter*, which actually has a fake fade out.
1: Oh yeah, the fades (laughs) back And then it comes
0: back in, which was used quite often in the late '60s. Which is, and of course, *Helter Skelter* was great for that because it came back in and then it came back in with Ringo's declaration of "I've got blisters on my freaking fingers." He didn't say "freaking," but I know he wanted to say "on my freaking fingers." Now, the fade-out sometimes gets dismissed as a lazy way out, which it has been used as that. I can't think of an ending, and I don't want it to end on a cold ending, so uh, it's just faded out. But when you get the best examples of a fade-out, one of them is 10 CC's I'm Not In Love, which actually has fade-outs in the song. You know, uh, big girls don't cry, and then that fades out, and then another part comes in. It's, It's a work of art. It's brilliance.
1: Um... Alice Cooper, you see do a bit. You listen to his vocals as he's fading out, doing those uh, occasional weird lines, and uh, you just barely audibly hear something like, um, uh, "All you Donnie and Marie fans." Or... Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yes, the uh, I won't get into it in the this Black article, widow, but it, we yeah. do in this article does talk about the, the messages. The messages are the things that musicians get to say as it's being faded out. Yeah. Yes, is also was also used. Very good, Rob. I could never was, write
1: that stuff. I, I could, could write all the meat of the song, but I could never write that kind of stuff because it
0: sounds improvised. It sounds improvised. And Stevie Wonder was actually really good at that, did that a lot, kind of got a message out as the song was ending. So smart. That's why these things that were done, especially in the 60s and 70s, we always talk about the old and age of music. But it just seems like all these ideas were coming, you know, just all the time. And and now there's just like playing songs.
1: Yeah. That's it.
0: <laughs> there's no Perfect. albums because everybody, everybody streams them or streams songs from albums. They don't listen to whole albums. So all the art, and I'm not going to get on this tangent. I'm just going to say all the art has gone out of music because this is a good example of something that nobody really even thinks about that even that in a way is an art form, the fade out, if used properly and used in in really neat ways. And then there's a the long fade. Like we're we're musicians, we we know how to fade because we've done that on our songs, on our albums. And it's not saying that we do it as an art form, but you have to know when it starts to fade. Yeah. And you have to know how long you want your fade on your song. Or even on the group song, when you're saying, I remember asking, should this fade longer? You know, <laughs> or, or should this start ending sooner? And um, not that it's an art form as, as far as what we were doing, but you have to know what you're doing. You just don't fade it and go, okay, put it down. Put the faders down. Okay,
1: there we and go. Slide it down like this. There you go. <laughs> From here to here should be 10 seconds. So get that slide at 10 seconds. Because you want to capture emotion. Uh, when you
0: fade, I'm kind of running out of time, but I still have stuff I want to say because it's really a
1: fascinating subject. And I got one thing to say about it when you're done.
0: Now I want to talk about the psycho psychology of the fade out, which means that the fade out works because it manages to delay closure. And closure, as of the 20th century, is a big thing. Everybody talks about. I got to get closure. I got to get closure. The fade out is so big because it leaves a song for eternity. But that's the psychological effect it has on us. Just like we were talking about Hey Jude. When you fade it out, it actually leaves you with the impression that the song doesn't end and music is infinite.
1: That's the thing I kind of wanted to complain about Is sometimes under a fade out, uh, someone's doing a really wicked solo. And it kind of, as it's fading out, it kind of gets better near you. You kind of get angry because it, it. Well, I. You, there's more really good stuff there. But then you just but make it up in your in mind. You too, Rob. You then think, you just make it up in your mind. You
0: know what? That's exactly the point. That's a great point by Rob. Because I didn't even know if I was going to touch on that subject. But a lot of songs. Will fade out on. A, a solo that's just about to start. And it's kind of starting to cook. Yeah, yeah. And what it makes you do. Is the old showbiz adage. Leave them wanting more. Yeah. And what it does. It goes. You imagine now what that solo would sound like in your head after it's been faded out. And that, which is mentioned in the article, is also an important part of the intelligence of rock and roll and pop music, especially rock and roll, is the intelligence of doing something like that. And a lot of records... Do that, as Rob knows, a lot of records will end on somebody talking like Alice Cooper, and you're going, What is he saying? Is he going to say more? Or on a hot solo from an organ or or, uh, a guitar part. And that's, even though it may not have been meant to be psychological stuff it is psychological Uh, and it leaves you wanting more and it makes a few of them that were it makes the song interesting it really does it makes the song more interesting than it maybe should be (laughs) who knows uh basically the fade out allows a song to live on beyond its physical self it lives on in your mind is what happens when you fade out so it brings you the sense of the infinite which is Something that I think the kids today making music wouldn't even
1: understand. <laughs> Those damn kids! They don't listen to more old music.
0: I'm going to briefly bring up this point that Rob made in that singers have long used the fade out to sneak in some radio unfriendly libs. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the one of the best and probably one of the most known is, of course, the Stones' is, uh, "Start Me Up." which has the line that is not censored, in you any make version, a... you'd make a dead man come, <laughs> is actually would not have made it past the censors if it was used
1: in, as, part in, of the lyrics? as part of the lyrics.
0: Wow. But as the song fades, uh, Nick sings that, and hey, made it past the censors, <laughs> and is there in every version you listen to when you hear it on the radio. And I... And there's many uh, you know, examples of that of putting like we were talking about. Yeah, the volume's
1: low enough you can almost uh, say, "Well, um, uh, is he really saying that?" I I can't tell. I can't tell what's going on.
0: <laughs> that was that's where I do my uh,
1: George Carlson. If you're George, again,
0: oh, we're at the okay. We're at a, we're at a mark where I'm really going to have to end this very soon but i have a little bit more to say because i think it's a fascinating topic that even a week ago i didn't think was fascinating until i read this article and um i'm just going to get to the, the end part which is why it's not being used now and it's um kind of well the question is why has it fallen out of favor and it's, it's fallen out of favor because as I said, with closure, we need closure <laughs> now before we like the infinite or as the psychologists say, we, we'd like the infinite, but now I want a good song to go on forever. Yes. Us, us older people want the song to go on the every, but it seems that there is a culture of closure and a song ending in a cold ending gives us closure. That's one of the we can move reasons. on to the next
1: song. Exactly, <laughs> and that's
0: what I'm going to talk about. Just, just as Rob, that's why he's the best second God, banana gosh. in the business. That's why he's the
1: best. If people who need closure, I, oh, we a ball kicking.
0: One of the another one of the reasons is the iPod. Uh, oh, if yeah. we hear a song being faded, we simply just go to the next song. So why fade it? Because the 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 listening experience is so much. Not about the album anymore. It's about the song. And when you hear a song being faded, you automatically go, "Oh, I would like to hear this song." And you're not going to hear the yeah
1: Yeah. Nowadays, it's uh, the kids. It's like um, uh, watching the credits at the end of a movie. What's the point? The movie's over. Exactly. Why well, watch the credits? And uh,
0: and music is now, and this is important because this means something to me, me personally. Music is now all about the build up. Because. What it what the kind of call even in a club when a DJ is there, when the music reaches the peak, that that's when they move to another song, just before it goes down, he'll move to another song or fades out, move to another song. You'll see it in every club, not now with COVID, <laughs> but, but you'll see. when the, when it all back in the old seeing, days, back last in year. the old days of a year ago, <laughs> when when you would go to a club, the music always builds to a crescendo. But doesn't go down, and this hits me because the going down—well, <laughs> the going down part is important. Know what I meant to say? <laughs> but I, I'm a big person about, uh, and Rob knows about dynamics. I love dynamics, and what the kids nowadays want—and it says it in the article very clearly is a constant kind of euphoria, a constant kind of rush. No dynamics, go up and then go to the next mm. song which is up and go to the next song which is up where there's no going coming down, going up, coming down which I love because it, it really no it matter flows. It flows, it gets you into a mood. It 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 makes you remember the it's
1: song more like a story than a you can tell a story with the music
0: w- without the lyrics. Yeah, yeah you can. And that's why I love it so much is that you can convey in your song even better sometimes than the lyrics, what the song is about with the way you play the music that's taken away. And uh, that's basically all I had to say. And, and, And the last reason real quickly is that sometimes things fall out of fashion. And that may be another reason why the fade out has gone is because it's just not part of of what, how kids think nowadays to fade out a song.
1: It's part of that, but definitely um, uh, some of the practical reasons you've mentioned how the DJs were switching from one song to another, that had a lot to do with the... Uh, like it had an actual mechanical purpose.
0: Very much so, yeah. Now
1: it, it, it does a whole lot less.
0: And it just shows again <laughs> that the innovations that have come since the new millennium, who knew the new millennium would be such a terrible no. time for... For music and the innovations that had come before would, would, would be all would slowly one by one be eradicated, you know. And it's just it's just another it's sad. It's getting
1: way. to be the same. It's a lot same. of the same.
0: And I, it's not a couple <clears> of <throat> old guys saying <laughs> we have the proof. We have we have in over eighty shows, in many episodes, given you actual proof. Of how things are not the same as they were in the 70s or the 80s, and and not in a good way. I'm not saying that that music's bad. I'm just saying because music is always it's becoming more limited. It's becoming limited, and when you limit it, it means you're getting put in a little box. And once you Oh, strive, don't do
1: this. Uh, we just want you to do that. Exactly. And uh, the big bopper, he faced a lot of that. Uh.
0: <laughs> oh, don't get me started on the big bopper. Um, and that's that's what rock and roll was first rebelling against. Rock and roll started to break out of the box of this is what you're supposed to yeah. do, this is what you're supposed to do. And you're not supposed to be a black man playing white man's or whatever. You're not even supposed to be on national television. The only reason you're on national television. Look at those fellas with the long hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long hair. You couldn't have long hair. It's all about breaking out of the box. And now, and it's not necessarily We're rock going back and roll. into the box. It's not rock and roll. It's pop music. Pop music, which has now become the, the voice of the mind. people yeah. since the millennium has started, has made it, it's got to be like this or it doesn't get airplay. I don't care how good it is. If it's not like this, it doesn't get airplay. Now, I just want to end this by saying we're not, again, we're not bitching because we have an opinion about it. We're actually basing this on fact. (laughs) You know, we're basing on the fact of music doesn't sound as good because vinyl sounded better, uh, tape sounded better than digital. All these things that we bring up all the time are just showing that if you don't, if there's somebody not out there caring enough about the things that make music good, then we will lose them. Man. we will lose real to real tape, which we have we will lose the fade-out which is such an important part of music even more than I thought a week ago we will lose all these things if we don't recognize it and say, you know what I'm going to go against the grain on this one and rock and rollers will probably do that pop stars seem not to want to break the mold in fact, they seem to want to be as Pat Boone-like as, as they can be
1: Let's make the songs a three-minute commercial. <laughs> There's one other thing I got to mention here, and I've only noticed this uh, probably in the last month or two for the first time. Sometimes uh, on some of the progressive rock albums, one song will fade out and another will fade in while that. Oh still
0: yeah, happening. the the crossfade.
1: Yeah, know. and um, the thing I've noticed when I listen to these digitally. Is uh, uh, in some of the collections. There's a little click here where one song ends and the other begins because they've separated the songs uh, yeah. uh, to be um, just uh, individual oh, don't songs. Don't get me
0: started on that, Rob. <clears throat> oh my god! And
1: that is another reason you can't have fadeouts. That's, that's an aberration. It really is, <laughs>
0: it is. because unless it's unless like... the artist unless the artist really th- said to everybody, you know what? I'd really like to have a click here.
1: <laughs> it's like a scratch on a record.
0: Mm-hmm. It is, you know what it, yeah. It, it's like a, it's like when a record moves forward, you know, yep. because it's got a scratch. That's exactly what it's like. And but, that's
1: but that's the yeah. This, there's another reason the fade out is becoming impractical. Exactly, I agree. So, okay, I'm done. I'm finished. That's uh, all I have to say. Today, in in better news, pop music. <laughs> yeah,
0: in better news, we are starting our. Three-episode look at Canadian progressive rock music in the 1970s. We will talk about that subject probably next week, but what, we're running out of time, and and so
1: we're going to just review the, let's, the let's smack the album right in the face.
0: Going to smack you with the album right in the head if you don't like it and you complain that you've been hit in the head <laughs> with right the, the record. I'm yeah. sorry, uh, and yeah, they break. <laughs> we're going to review the band FMs, and there's a couple of FMs mm-hmm. out there, there's, but. FM, as we, me and Rob know it, is the Canadian band from Ontario, and their 1977 debut release, *Black Noise*. Now, FM, such an interesting band. Like it's just, I just love rock and roll because <laughs> it has the most interesting. Even when you think, oh, this week, and I'm thinking we've got a band coming up in the next couple weeks, which to me, I haven't, I haven't done any. Um,
1: Research. But Research. This, this should be a quick one. <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm thinking already, no troubles here. this
0: is going to be a quick one on the band. I'm not going to say the band we're doing, but it may be even next week. I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after because uh, I haven't decided yet. But the band, I'm saying, man, this band when I was growing up, they were so boring and they weren't, oh, you know, I don't think there's anything. And I didn't know, I, I knew a little bit about FM and sometimes when you think there's not much to say about a band, you find out some incredible stuff and uh, it just just shows you that why rock and roll is so cool and pop in the last again, pop in the last 20 years is not because pop just tries to just put commercials out there catchy commercials but these stories that these actual musicians, yes, people who play their instruments, (laughs) are fascinating. Now FM was a band formed by a legend in Canada, Nash the Slash, who was an incredible violin player and mandolin player. I knew
1: about voice. him before I knew about FM. That's what I, I And then I found
0: out that he was an FM, and I said, oh, I think FM might be cool. <laughs> uh, and I did. And um, and also Cameron Hawkins on Synthesizer and and lead vocals and uh, mostly and writing the songs along with a couple of them with Nash the Slash. It was just the two of them. This is so cool. Now Nash, we, I, I got so fascinated with Nash the Slash this week when I was, I was always fascinated, even as a kid.
1: Describe him physically because that's what goes. I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna get to that in a second. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> Nash the Slash, even as a like a 13 year old kid, was fascinating to hear about and unfortunately nash passed away a couple of years ago from a heart attack and nobody in
1: rock and roll plays violin
0: (laughs) but and it was so sad because i don't know it was just like a part of my childhood because nash the slash was was so unique and uh he was extremely gifted a lot of people never got to hear his music because it was it wasn't exact it wasn't mainstream but it was so brilliant he was such a brilliant musician he played the electric violin through effects
1: this, this album we're going to do, Black Noise, has no guitars on it. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because I'm looking at the uh, the instruments, and there's no guitars, but yet I'm hearing what... It sounds, sounds exactly like guitar. Yeah, I mean, some of the slides... Like, no, that's definitely a guitar. That's
0: that's, uh, that's Nash the Slash playing mandolin through, uh, through, of course, distortion and other effects. And also, <laughs> you think it's a guitar, it's him playing his electric violin through effects. Oh, He's wow. an amazing musician. And anyways... The story is, and I will tell this quickly because we will be doing an album very soon on Nash the Slash, an unbelievably eccentric and amazing character, is that they were doing a gig. I had always thought Nash the Slash wore bandages, but he didn't when they started. In fact, I saw a clip this week as I was doing research of FM in late 1976 i guess on tv in ontario it's on youtube you can check it out it's amazing uh they had a 30 minute show i guess uh every weekend and they would have bands on there and so they were on there nash's slash was not wearing his in fact he wasn't even called nash's slash but, but right then he was his real name is jeff pluman and uh i was just fascinated just watching him, he didn't have the bandages on or anything, and he was playing these instruments and he was playing them so
1: amazingly. For those of you who don't know, he would play uh the, with bandages wrapped around his head.
0: Yeah, what I'm going to say is, they after this album was was released, and they went on tour for the album just before he left. This was the only album he made with FM until about he rejoined the band in 1983. So this was the only album he made before he quit. And he quit because they added the drummer, all right? And he thought that was commercial. When I read that, <laughs> when I, read that, I thought that's kind of pompous. And then I saw the two of them on this TV show, Cameron Hawkins on keyboards and Nash the Slash on everything else. And I was going, wow, this is a great idea. Like, I'm not knocking the drums on the album, but they actually filled the space with the, just the two of them. And it would have been a great album. It would have been great. And anyways, they were going to they they turned a little bit around this around this album, and then the Three Mile Island thing happened, and so on the gig they were playing that night, Nash to Slash decided he was so outraged by the radiation and and all this thing that happened at Three Mile Island that he came out wearing bandages, and the audience loved it, and from then on he came out totally wrapped in bandages. <laughs> and called himself Dash the Slash.
1: Have you ever seen the old uh, DC comics uh, the, the, from the 70s? There was a World War II one called The Unknown Soldier. <laughs> he looked like that. He looked like that.
0: The old Abbott <laughs> Costello meets The Invisible Man. Where they unru- <laughs> unru- he looked exactly like that, and he was never seen in public again <laughs> from 1970, <laughs> late 1978, until until he passed away, and you know, he always did every concert in bandages, and he was just such a Everybody was just, you thought, so cool. <laughs> you might not even have heard his music, but you think,
1: Master Slash is so cool. Well, doing such great music, and you have no idea what he looks like. It's a bit like Kiss, you know?
0: It is. <laughs> you, you know what? I didn't even know that there was this footage out there. I thought I, I had prepared to say on this show that, you know, nobody knows what Master Slash actually looks like. But we do, and uh, it's just a, it's just an amazing character. Like, he really did. And that's uh, that's what you call no ego because <laughs> you don't even use your real name and nobody knows what you look like. You just want your music put out there.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's it, it's so sweet to be able to just uh, you know get off stage and uh, go be a regular dude. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know that is exactly. You can play a concert and actually walk the streets right after it, and nobody knows you. I hey, think that's uh, great. People come up
1: to you. Where's Nash the Slash? And uh, oh, uh, go check over there. <laughs> <laughs> So uh
0: yeah, so they had they uh like I said, they they had the two-piece band with just NASA slash and and uh Cameron Hawkins, and then they they were they were asked if they wanted a drummer and they got a drummer, uh which they kept on, of course, throughout their career. Uh FM and uh I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry for the delay but I kind of forgot what I was going to say. So we'll just move on to the album because they did record the album with the drums. I think it would have been a real cool experiment to record just the two of them without the drums drums. because it really sounded really incredible when I saw the the TV footage. I don't want to point
1: out the drums were really good on this album. But the drums were good. So it's hard. It's hard to say. (laughs) It really is.
0: But uh, they got a very unique sound with two instruments and I really love the violin and music. Now the violin, yeah. the violin is not used often, uh, but you, I you find like that it, I really love it. In fact, there was many years that I would say, I would say we should get a violin, and yeah. it all it all kind of stems from our background, like u *The King Crimson*, and I love I love moody music that has a violin come in. It just adds to the to the darkness of the mood. Yeah. And there's the sound of a lonesome violin. It goes back to John Cale and the Velvet Underground and King Crimson with Eddie Jobson and, you know, Nash the Slash here. The sound of like mood music with violin just gets me.
1: <laughs> you <know>? yeah, it's <laughs> not like a guitar. The, 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 the two stringed instruments look the same, but in plucking or in bowing, uh, where you're dragging in the, uh, you control the volume by the uh, the, the, the bow. Exactly.
0: So it, 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 it can get you by fast playing, like Nash does on this record, or by slow, mournful playing yeah, that he does on this record.
1: Also. But it's, it's definitely more expre- expressive than just plucking a string. I mean, you exactly. pluck a string, you might be able to use a whammy bar or flex a bit with your finger, but it's a little more limited like that. But with the bow, you can uh, you get closer to speech.
0: I also want to say that the mandolin playing, which does sound like a guitar on here, is pretty exemplary. <laughs> uh Like he's really moving his, like just you know. uh And Cameron Hawkins' vocals are also, uh even though kind of ordinary as far as they're not outstanding, they are I, really good. But they're very John Anderson-like.
1: You know, I I heard them and I thought at first, you know, he sounds a bit like Greg Lake. Oh, did you? Yes. Because I got mm-hmm. a little more John Anderson out of it. But that, okay. I guess that's
0: whenever you hear, right? Yeah uh but they're very good vocals like some some progressive rock bands really really concentrate on like some of them really don't care about the vocals because it's all about the 15 minute song or the 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 musical part of it um but uh it's nice when a band uh it's nice to have a a, i should say it's nice to have a person in the band who can sing (laughs) it really is because because uh then you really just have to rely on the music. And that, that sometimes could be your downfall. Um, so we're going to get to the album here. Uh, the album starts off with uh, a song that they played on the radio a lot. That I just loved when they played it on the radio. It sounded so incredible and different and weird. And yet was commercial, which was Phasers on Stun. And... Uh, and then it's got that, and I didn't know until this week that I I've thought, known for forty years. I thought I was that was this, an '80s song. <laughs> yeah, I think they played it a lot in the '80s. I did. I think they actually played it more in the '80s than they did, they did in the, the 70s. '70s. Okay,
1: that makes sense.
0: Because it was it was very '80s sounding, actually. Uh, it was ahead of its time. This album was very ahead of its time, and uh, I just I didn't know until this week that the incredible guitar part was actually the slash playing the mandolin but it's just it's just a totally different song that you just don't hear any any well you don't hear it nowadays and you rarely heard it those days it's very atmospheric and just very very cool song and i just loved it every time it came on yeah the
1: radio. you always when it came on it's like you, you you perk up and stop what you're doing and listen <laughs> yes exactly
0: in fact i remember hearing a couple of other songs that i didn't remember before the album and i one of them was one o'clock tomorrow, which I remember being played on the radio, and I liked. And uh, Journey also the only song on the album that actually they say the the actual title to, <laughs> which is strange. But um, the songs that really work for me are the songs that have vocals. So there's about three songs that have instrumentals. There, what really what really sets this album off the rails for me is There seems to be a common focus uh, with the Cameron Hawkins, Nash the Slash songs, which are the vocal songs. And then there's a couple songs written by the drummer. Always the fucking drummer. (laughs) Never let the drummer write songs. Even if he presents a song to you, pretend you're interested and then move on to something else.
1: Yeah, and get the, in, get the engineer to tell him after recording. Uh, we probably can't use that one, the time constraints. <laughs> it's the company,
0: man, the record company. What can we do? So there's a couple of, of <clears throat> instrumentals written by the drummer that uh, just sound like uh, boring jazz, to be honest with you. And it, really, and it really didn't fit to me within the context of the album. And uh yeah it's just you know, oh i i kind of think of this album without those instrumentals and even the one that i liked which is the one written by NASA slash and, and
1: uh was that dialing for dharma
0: was dialing for dharma was really a nice instrumental but it, again it I, again it it didn't have the same feel as the songs with the, with the vocals for some reason but i did like it um uh there was the two the two things that really struck me was the last two songs, which is uh, "All the Baron," which, again, yeah. is kind of like, it's such an amazing song to me. And I, like, all the songs are space-themed and science The opening line
1: uh, to Aldebaran, uh, now the starships gather here, their holds full of stuff. So I couldn't figure out what that one word was.
0: <laughs>
1: you, you had me at starships. See, Rob <laughs> likes that stuff. That is unfortunate. Like, I do like, because... Uh, All movies should be science fiction. There's no need for any other type. Coleman
0: Hawkins <laughs> sings really good. I'm going to get to that in a second, believe me, people. But uh, he sings really well. And I don't know, I love the instrument because this is another song where the music is just great. Nasty Slash plays uh, mandolin on this, just like he did on Phasers on Stun. And yes, I did like the lyrics on this song. I just thought that that and the song after it, Black Noise, Uh, which is a song about mutants living underground and then kind of coming at night to try and live with the people on earth, you know (laughs) what I mean? Um, That was, and it has a beautiful, the whole, it's a 10 minute song, but I swear it goes by so fast because it, it it has the, the commercial aspect of the song but it also has a really nice, moody violin, just what we were talking about, the yeah. part in it, which is just incredibly moving. Then it goes into a fast part, which is just as great, and then it kind of goes back into the to end the song. Uh, the best of what you can do in progressive rock, in a long song, as far as I'm concerned.
1: That's the thing about progressive rock, a really good progressive rock, is uh, you could take these parts and you could turn each one into a really good song. But no, they take these parts and, and make them into one song with... 5 or 6 really incredible parts. Again, <laughs> what we're missing today
0: because people don't don't play these types of songs anymore. People don't write these types of songs anymore. It's just not in vogue to have these types of songs. Yeah, I mean and they, they that's want their music to be played
1: missing. and where are they going to be played? Exactly. Back in the the 70s, we had uh, the hippies running the radio stations. Hey, we
0: could th- this is a popular album. this is an album that sold. <laughs> this is an album that sold quite a few copies. And if you release this album today forget it um and it's a shame because you can actually release an album like that and have it be popular and have it be on like your hot pick of the week or whatever that you would have at that time and yet it's really different and has long songs and you go oh man you can't do that nowadays if you do that i mean you can and it is done but nobody listens except your your hardcore fans Uh, It's not going to get on the charts, and it's not going to reach, you know, a big. Of course, there's so many bands out there, and there's so many artists, and it's totally different. But it's also this type of music just isn't done as 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 heard music. It's just done as almost as uh, everybody has a cult that they that they're listening to. You know, their band is their cult. We love them. Yeah. And uh, that's sad because you don't understand them. Um, I just also want to point out in my point of view I'm not a big fan of science fiction lyrics. I'm more of a I know Rob is. Yeah, I yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. it's the one thing There's two things that 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 bug me or or distract from my love of like hard rock or heavy metal and progressive rock. Both both mediums that I really like. Uh, both that I love actually, but heavy metal with its medieval dungeons and dragons theme <laughs> is not out my alley like it really turns me off and the science fiction themes unless it's done in a way that is moving to me because the science fiction it just unfortunately doesn't do anything for me it's not my kind of lyrics i'm more of a dylan springsteen type of guy for lyrics uh that it It really doesn't move me. It doesn't do anything for me. Like talking about other planets and stuff really doesn't do anything for me. So the music has to be strong.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've I've pointed out before, you know, uh, on on, on other albums reviewed, if the the lyrics aren't quite grabbing me, um, then all you've got is the music.
0: Right. Which in this case, half of the time it does. Uh, luckily because it could have been a real disaster for me if the if the music didn't work. But thankfully for Nash the Slash. by the way, I should point out that when Nash the Slash left after this album, the guy who replaced him was Ben Mink. And if you don't I know who her. Ben Mink is, Ben Mink when he left the band in 1983, latched up, I think I think a lot of people know where I'm going, Latched up with a young singer called Katie Lang and made her a superstar he wrote he wrote the songs with her and produced her and played the instruments and and Ben Mink mostly is almost si- thought of simultaneously as, as as being oh yeah the one the one who, who wrote the Lang. songs with Katie yeah with Katie Lang uh it's interesting that he was in FM because the two music's are very different yeah and he did play the exact same instruments that uh Nash the Slash played He played exactly the same instruments. So I found that interesting that a very earthy type of guy like Ben Mink was able to uh, replace Nash the Slash. When Ben Mink left in 1983 to do other things and eventually hook up with KD Lang, Nash the Slash rejoined FM. And uh, they made a couple of more albums with Nash the Slash. Anyways, I wanted to bring that up. I just wanted to end what I was saying by saying albums that have like the metaphysical metaphysical lyrics that John Anderson uses for some reason it never bothers me because the music is so strong the music is just overpowering with yes that's the problem is that the music and with heavy metal like if you're listening to hard rock or heavy metal the music better be damn good because <laughs> i can't stand songs about dragons and swords and shit like that i really can't it's just not my thing so the science fiction stuff doesn't move me, but if the music does, like with Yes, it's like I don't care what he's saying. I really don't, and I do that most of the time with Yes. It's like, oh, you know, I.
1: Well, oh. half the time he's he's kind of putting together the words uh, where you have to really struggle to uh, to get the meaning, but.
0: Uh... A lot of the times I'm I'm mistaken with John Anderson's words, <clears throat> and I, I I make them more. Not on purpose, but I, I kind yeah. of think it's more human.
1: I mean, I'm thinking of yeah. yours is no disgrace, uh, shining, pl- flying, purple wolfhound, show me where you are. That's going to mean something different, to everyone. Who yeah, and to it,
0: it does. I put it into a more human <clears throat> aspect other than the science fiction thing. And yeah. it works
1: for me because, I don't know, it just does. Me, I just, when I hear his lyrics, I think of the future. I don't think science fiction, I think of the future. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I also thought. It just, I just want really quick, I also thought Roundabout was a, a song that was really deep, and then I found out it was just about a roundabout <laughs> on <the> road. <laughs> and so sometimes you think songs are complicated and you're not, and sometimes you think songs are simple. You know, it's and the a, way he sings it that yeah. makes you
1: think it's important. <laughs> exactly. So
0: um, I give this album a strong three stars. I get a feeling that if I listen to this album more, I would probably give it three and a half. But in the limited time that we get to listen to this album, I'm going to give it a very strong three stars. Again, just two points. Science fiction lyrics didn't didn't help. And the two instrumentals really, by the drummer, really sank this for me. It could have been a strong album if those two songs were replaced by Hawkins and the Slash songs. But as the album as it is, I give it a strong three
1: You starts. should never have to. And placate writers. By the way. Or guys who want to be writers. This
0: album was number forty-eight in Rolling Stones list of the fifty Top greatest 50. Pro- progressive rock albums of all time. So it's held in high regard by the prog fans, and uh, there's nothing bad about it. It's a very good album. Yep. I'm just saying.
1: That there are things that didn't turn you there on. There are
0: things that just didn't... <laughs> didn't they connect. It didn't click on all cylinders, but when yeah. it did, it was as good as progressive rock gets.
1: This is, uh, personally for me, a five-star album. Holy smokes! No, stars. no, 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 I'm not giving it five, I'm giving it four. <laughs> My personal feelings towards it. This was one where I was listening to it twice a day, and strangely enough, uh, after about the fourth or fifth day, after I listened to it, I put on um, uh, Genesis um, uh, Dancing on a Volcano, and it wasn't uh, for the usual reasons of trying to wash the album out of my head. It was because I wanted more of this. And that was the closest thing I could think of that would...
0: <laughs> Can I say something, Rob? Yeah. I actually think that as I as I got to the ending of the listening of the of the week, that I did want to hear the album more. I actually, when I first heard it, thought, oh, I had to listen to this a couple of times. I was kind of like, it's good, but it's so mediocre, kind of like... Like, not bad, not good, just yeah, mediocre. Yeah, yeah. By the last listen before you know we came to do the show i had that same feeling i had that you know what this some of this stuff is better than genesis some of this stuff (laughs) is just as good as king crimson and yeah it was starting to it was starting to get to me and i that's why i said that's why i said i bet you if i listen to this a couple of times i'd give it three and a half you know at least so i hear what you're saying
1: (laughs) and i also like i said i love the science fiction i i hit the age of 15 and then i kept going. And I thought, uh, no, this is a scam, this adulthood. I'm going back. So I went back to 50, and I've always been there. <clears throat> and uh, the, <clears throat> science fiction to me uh, is uh, imagining the world the way it ought to be, the, 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 the world you ought to be working towards, you ought to be living in.
0: That's mm-hmm. what this album is <clears throat> about. That You know what? That's what almost all these <clears throat> lyrics are about. And for that, you know, that's a highly commendable view I mean, it could be dark science fiction lyrics, but they're actually very. It's exactly what it you said. They
1: painted were. pictures of spaceships uh, traveling to distant stars, and some of this uh, I would imagine the future 100 years from now. Some of it I'd imagine the future 10,000 years from now. I agree. And it uh, it blew me away. My one complaint. The drummer's songs. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his playing. I definitely liked his yeah. playing. <laughs> But um, uh, the, the, the one, one complaint is in the mixing, in that um, uh, lyrically, I, there were some parts where I couldn't make out the words. And I tried looking up the lyrics online. I could find oh, them for oh, Phasers it. on Stun, and I could find it for Black Noise. I, I, heard, I, I found. actually found
0: them for all of them.
1: Yeah, Yo, you son of a bitch. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at a couple sources, and I gave you up. You know,
0: sometimes it's done on purpose, <clears throat> especially with progressive rock <clears throat> the the and i don't know if it no was. the one um no i, I don't know if it, it said was
1: lyrics not available yet no so. no what i'm
0: saying is what i'm saying is sometimes in progressive rock especially in a progressive rock
1: they mix it down they mix miss.
0: it down for a purpose now sometimes yeah. it's to hide the lyrics because they want you to maybe have different views of what they like
1: that yeah it didn't detract at all from the songs it's just in my own personal point of view. It's like I wanted to hear that. It's part of the story. I wanted to get the mental picture in my head as it as it flowed, and for that, it missed just a bit for me. See, that's what happens. That's the only complaint I have.
0: That's what happens with John Anderson's <laughs> lyrics is that a lot of times I can't hear them, all of them. I don't know what and exactly. And you don't get a
1: full picture of what he's so singing about. So I have
0: to make. So I I have to make like we were just talking about. I make up sometimes words yeah. that he didn't say. And it it makes it more realistic to me because I'm not into the science fiction metaphysical type of lyrics that he has. But it can connect with you more. But I know I I actually understand what you're saying because you actually wanted to hear the the story that he was telling. (laughs) And actually, these stories are very good science fiction stories. And I get your point. They're cool
1: themes. They're cool ideas. Because
0: sometimes, like, if you take, for instance, uh, a yes with a John Anderson it's it's a lot of times it's it's just a bunch of metaphysical yeah. phrases and they're not even meant as a story. Close to the edge, I don't
1: know what the song exactly. is about, but uh, you, 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 and you're not
0: meant to there some... are
1: lines that just grab me in that song.
0: Sometimes they are just lines. And I've heard him say that. I've read I've read articles where he says, Oh, this this verse was about this, and even this line was about this, and then I moved on to something else, all in the matter of like close to the edge. So I understand that in most of the Yes's songs with John Anderson writing, they're not actually stories. They're actually more like visions or dreams. Yeah, there's
1: imagery coming through. But these
0: on FM songs are stories, and they have to be heard. So in this case, the vocals should have been mixed up.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if they did that for the effect of it. But regardless, it doesn't really hurt the listening experience. The songs are still really good to me. And even I, I, phases, I Even I,
0: Phaser's unstunned,
1: which like I've heard of
0: lots the... of times. Yeah, I
1: looked at lyrics to that, and I couldn't actually um, um, uh, understand fully what it was about, except it gave you a total sense of uh, you were in a new land, and right. everything is... Uh... And
0: I never knew, and I never cared what yeah. that song was about. <laughs> and I've heard that song on the radio so many times, and every time it sounds like the first time. But I never cared what the song was about. I just liked the way he sang it and the music and this and the uniqueness of it. And when I saw the lyrics, and I was going like, oh, that's nice. Doesn't really like it means something on a kind of a more of a feeling level than it does on a story level. But I was going, I kind of like the way I kind of interpreted it before in my mind.
1: Yeah. I think
0: that was the only one though, because cause the other song, especially like Black Noise and Albuqueran, was very story-oriented, and it was very gripping, even though I'm not a big fan of that, they were still good stories. Yeah, if they're yeah. well-written. Yeah. So that should have been mixed up. I do feel that Yeah. when I, I listen to the, the album, that I do get that feeling that they were mixed a little bit lower for the effect of the mood. I really do.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree. Because the backing music they were playing was uh, so up and down and... uh had such cool I love riffs. That. Yeah, I love the dynamics. <laughs> like
0: there are so many, there are so many things that it's it's so funny when we listen to an album. And we talk about this almost every week and how sometimes you can be cold to it. And then by the third or fourth listen you're going at the end of the week you're going, I'm getting this. It's yep. just too bad I'm running out of time because I'm <laughs> gonna have to give my review on my third listen or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah no. and that's kind of what my review is I re- I, I'm I going to say this. I think FM is an underrated band. They didn't sell many records. They had a big following in, of course, in Europe, because Europe loves Canadian progressive rock. And they sold well in Canada, of course. But they were always kind of like, oh, they're really weird. Like, they play really weird music. <laughs> There's only like three of them you know, and that was their kind of reputation, they were but I think the mainstream that they era. were very smart, at least with this album. I don't know about the other albums, because I hear they got much more commercial, but with this album, I feel it's maybe it's not underrated, because it, it's number 48 on Rolling Stone, yeah. right, as as one of the greatest progressive rock albums of all time, but I feel within the community of, of music, it's, a, it's this band should be heard, this band should be heard just as much as the American bands like Kansas and Look, I was going to say a bad word, but Kansas and <laughs> bands like that, because I think, I think they're, oh, and especially the band we did, Crack the Sky. Crack the Sky. This is so much better. Like, Crack, I told you, Crack the Sky made me fall asleep twice, and <laughs> even the third time when I listened to it, I struggled to stay awake, because it was seriously boring. This music is not boring. No,
1: this flows. And it is just
0: so much better than any American, um... Progressive rock band that I've heard. That's why I'm telling you. That's why American progressive rock is down on the list of not just me, but of the 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 of prog rock fans and especially European fans who are very particular about their prog rock and they love Canadian bands because they're very European. And this is a very European album. I yeah. mistook many times this for yes. Not just the vocals, but I mean the music and the 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 movements of the of the music and the sections reminded me a lot of yes. And a little bit of King Crimson too. And you just don't hear that kind of stuff in American. The speed uh, of
1: it and the drums and the keyboards reminded me of, of Genesis and of Emerson Lincoln Palmer. Yes. very <laughs> European. Again, again,
0: English bands. This is not, this is very European centered. And uh, it, I, I really feel European classical music and the modals uh, used in it. Are very important component to progressive rock and when not used by the american bands you I, it just suffers i think what was your rating again i'm sorry
1: 4 but uh, from a personal of its 5 maybe 5 and a quarter <laughs> you know what it
0: is i, I I recommend this album. I think FM is a very underrated band.
1: And we, both, we
0: both recommend this album, at least to be listened to, especially yeah. if you're a progressive rock
1: fan. If you're a progressive rock fan, would I this. certainly recommend one listen. Oh, I definitely You do. can judge for yourself on one listen. Yeah.
0: And I, I almost promise you listeners that if I reviewed this album again, six months from now, I would have even a much more favorable review. <laughs> Because I did move from being, oh, this is pretty mediocre, middle-of-the-road stuff to, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> it's got some things on it that are not my cup of tea. But even for that, I think it's a good album.
1: No favorite songs uh, for me was Phasers on stun and Aldebaran. Oh, oh, Aldebaran. Oh, one O'Clock Tomorrow and Black Noise as well. Can, can I just mm. say that
0: uh, if you had to pick one song <clears throat> to hear, uh, if you're just like on Spotify or something... Put on all of the brand. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Uh, okay. Well, that's our show for this week. We can never get under an hour. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just that the not only are the albums that we do sometimes interesting, but the band stories and the artists are so damn interesting in rock and roll. I, I got a feeling that might end in a week or two when we do another band. <laughs> I got a future.
1: We'll have to review the album first and then do all the alternates afterwards <laughs> if we have time. Yeah, (laughs) there's
0: a band that i'm i'm not going to say whether i like like them or not but there is a progressive rock band that we're going to be i think we'll do it no we'll do it in two weeks and uh i just got a feeling that there's not a lot to say about them and i got a feeling that no i'm not going to say it (laughs) i've just got a feeling that they're not interesting is what i'm saying their background history
1: okay uh without reviewing you're saying this without uh I'm going
0: to say, without even knowing much about the band, other okay, than what I've heard okay. on the radio, I'm going to say mm-hmm. this band's history is pretty damn boring. I'm going to put that on the record, and if I have to eat crow in two weeks,
1: I will. They came from nothing. They went back to nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's our long show again for today. <laughs> I did really think this show was going to come in like at 50 minutes, but I'm always wrong. Uh, tune in next week for more hilarity, always hilarity.
1: And plenty of hilarity and a bucket, also serious, a of hilarity. serious,
0: serious dramatic discussion about the world's problems. A
1: little bit less of that.
0: And email. Uh, we might not have email next week. I don't know. Who knows um, what's going to happen next week? <laughs> 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 we don't know. We don't know. I have to write this. Stuff. I could get hit by a bus. Uh, yeah, we could do memorial on Rob next week. Who knows? So remember to take care out there always and stay safe. Good day. I just write her